Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, it's time again for Follower of Christ, a uh, weekly series we've been doing for the last uh, six weeks. This will be week seven. Um, so far, I've been able to stay on course and, and follow my notes, not chase too many rabbits. So I uh, hope you're following along. If you do want to want to have these for other uses, you can email me or message me with your email, and I'll get you an email audio of this. Um, you could also go to our website at uh, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. And all of the videos are being placed on there as well as a couple other videos. So uh, there's also a donate button on that video or on that website so that you can uh, help us do what we're doing. If you feel like you need a place to, to send some support, we're, um, we're always, uh, always in favor of having some financial support for what we do. So we send it in a lot of different places. So we'd be glad to have you on as a partner. <clears throat> there we go. Follower of Christ, uh, week seven. Do a little review. Week one was a follower of Christ is... One, who as they go, shares Jesus with all they encounter. Uh, two, was the follower of Christ is one who follows Jesus wherever he goes and he buys into his mission. And remember that his mission is to seek out that which is lost so that it may be found. Uh, week three was one who reorders their life and takes Jesus at face value. One who actively listens in order to understand Jesus' message was four. Week five was one who accepts his mission the mission of Jesus, and works under and by his authority in spite of rejection. And last week, week six, was one who gives more than lip service to following Jesus, one who actually puts things into action. <clears throat> so Mark chapter 14 is where we'll find ourselves out in today. Jesus is talking about giving. Pretty much every time Jesus talks about money, he says the same basic thing. The, he uses the same principles time after time. So it becomes very clear about the issues regarding money. Jesus is giving us some very simple teachings that are very difficult to live by. Listen to this from, from Proverbs. Proverbs 1.19 says, Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. God doesn't want his people to squander what little time we have here on this earth worrying over money. 11.28 in Proverbs says, Trust in your money and down you go. But the godly flourish like leaves in spring. Those who pursue God and invest in his kingdom flourish in life. Giving is a mission, God's mission. And if we are on, a, on his mission, it becomes an honor and a privilege to give. Giving is not a way for God to raise money. Giving is God's way of raising children. Listen to the disciples or the disciplines of God in, in his teaching concerning money. Listen to his wise warnings in regard of money and wealth. How many people groups would you say there are how many people groups totally would you say there are how many different types of people that you categorize into groups you know i know in high school we had the socias you know those upper class and we had the rednecks is usually where i was involved in or the, or the uh, cowboys or whatever they called them in your day <clears throat> we had the thugs which was you know those guys that were a little rough around the edges and then we had the jocks the the sports people so but how many people or how many categories would you put people in today how do you categorize people the Bible breaks people down into two basic groups. Those who recognize and live according to the authority of God and those who live for themselves. I categorize it really simply into we have believers and when we have followers. A believer may necessarily believe in God, but they might not follow. A follower not only believes in the principles of God, but he also follows them. What's crazy, no matter which side or group you're in, you're consistently or constantly thinking that the other side is foolish. 
Those who live according to God's word, following him, pursuing him, serving him, they look at those who are not and think, how foolish are they for not seeing what we see and listening to what we say. But those people are looking at us saying, how foolish are they for buying into this boring, sacrificial, no fun, no frills life of Christianity? Did you know that the Bible is full of stories about foolish people? Way back in Genesis chapter 12, we find the story of, of Abram, soon to be called Abraham. Twelve, verse 12, or Chapter 12, verse 1 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. God tells us Abram, God tells Abram to pack up his tent and move. Didn't even tell him where. He just said, move, and I'll show you where you're going. Got to imagine Abram's friends and, and maybe even his family thought he was a bit foolish to just up and leave, not even knowing where he was going and all because some voice told him to. How about this dude named David? A young shepherd boy comes to the battle where his brothers are with the Israel army. All scared of his Philistine giant. David's response is, who is this Philistine who challenges the army of the Lord? I will take him on if y'all are too chicken. There was this little boy David saying this. Even the army commander says to him in 1 Samuel 17, don't be ridiculous. Saul replied, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's been a man for he's been of war since his youth. So in other words, he was a he was a warrior. He was someone who was trained to fight. And here's this little boy saying, "I'll take it, Joker on." You know, I ain't scared. David was not a man of war. He was not trained in combat, and he was he wasn't even dressed for the part. His own brothers called him foolish. But yet we see the rest of the story. If you're not Acquainted with the rest of the story, David takes a sling and a stone and he whacks the dude in the head with a rock, knocks him to the ground, takes his own sword and cuts his head off. So, One of my favorites is Elijah, prophet of God who did some crazy stuff. Check out 1 Kings 18 for this story is about to summarize Elijah calls 850 false prophets to do everything in their power to get their God to light the fire of their altar and burn their sacrifice. They went at it all morning long. Elijah began to make fun of them. At one point, telling him, them to shout louder because maybe their God was relieving himself. That's technically in the Bible. It's there. Um, they cut themselves until blood gushed out. They wore themselves out, calling on their God till evening. Then Elijah said, stand back. He rebuilt the altar, placed 12 stones to represent the 12 tribes of Israel, put wood on the altar, and then the sacrifice of a bull. But then he called for three jars of water to be poured over the wood. They all know wood, wet wood won't burn, right? Then again and again, the water saturated the wood, even filled up a trench that had been dug around the altar. Then he prayed, and it says, Immediately God's fire came from heaven and consumed the sacrifice, burned up all the wood, the dust of the stones, and even licked up the water out of the trench. How foolish did he look pouring water onto the very thing he wanted to burn? I can imagine that they all thought he was quite foolish until God showed up. Here in the New Testament, fool, for you, here's a New Testament fool for you to think about. In Acts chapter 4, there's a very brief story of a guy named Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field and he gave the money to the followers of Christ to take, to take care of their needs. Can you imagine how his friends and family looked at this? I mean, this would be like, this would be like if you had five acres of prime ground and you sold it, but instead of taking the money and investing it in yourself, 
you gave it to someone who was serving the Lord who was in need. How foolish would that look to our world? And that's exactly what they were describing here. His family, how, dude, that's your land. It may not be worth a lot. Matter of fact, if you hold on to it just a little longer, they're going to build that four-lane donkey track right through there, and it will be rich. I imagine some thought he was quite foolish to not only sell his land, but then he didn't even keep an, any of the money. He didn't keep a dime of it. He gave it all away to those that were in need. Living foolishly is a biblical idea. It's actually a biblical precedent. Maybe it's time to ask ourselves this question. In whose eyes do I look foolish? In whose eyes do you look foolish by the way you live your life? Do we look wise to the world? Here's a saying to ponder. Be very careful when all people speak well of you. Ooh, be very careful when all people speak well of you. If everyone around you is speaking well of you, what is that really saying about you? Here's another quote to think about. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. It's by Jim Elliott. Again, I'll say that again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. If you think about that principle and you think about life and eternity, maybe you'll get the idea of what that's saying. Missionary Jim Elliott gave up every promise, the very promise of career, to follow the call of God, to minister to a people. The very people he went to minister to killed him. The very people that he felt God called him out to, to, to go into the world and seek out the lost that they might be found, those lost people killed him. A follower of Christ is one who trusts God enough to give away everything. Mark chapter four, 14, verse 1 through 9, Jesus anointed at Bethany. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of the unleavened bread. The leading priests and the pre leaders of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But during the Passover celebration, they agreed that that might not be a good idea. The people might riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany and at, some, in, at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar, expensive perfume, made from the essence of nard. She broke open that jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of these at the table were indignant. That why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could do and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deeds will be remembered and discussed. Verse 3 describes this woman's pouring out of this expensive oil, wasting this expensive stuff that could have been sold and for the money given to those in need or placed in the ministry. Verse 4 is self-explanatory, right? Some were offended by what she did. This woman was led, was led to be foolish, to sacrifice her gift. She was called to do something she didn't even understand. You see, this was the Last Supper, the last time that Jesus would, get, would break bread with his followers. They just couldn't figure that out. This was an important gesture by pouring on this expensive perfume, which was normally used for special occasions such as anointing a body before placing it in a tomb. He knew what was happening, and he defends her foolishness. Jesus will move to defend those who act foolishly on his behalf. Our human nature comes up with lots of excuses of why not to give. 
But Jesus will dismantle his excuses and he will follow him with our whole heart. We waste lots of money on ourselves. Food, junk, latest music, latest fashion, stuff. I've got more stuff than I know what to do with. But the minute the offering plate comes toward us, or the missionary asks for support, we suddenly become very fragile with our finances. We come up with tons of excuses as why we can't give at this time, but we will next time. When, when we do give, we get out the calculator and we figure out that exact 10% mark, you know, that, 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 that right down to the pennies, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I've given $12.37. God never intended us to give like this. His desire, that, his desire is that we give from our heart, that we trust him enough to follow his leading as we give. If God asks you to give away everything and follow him, could you? Think about his disciples. Every, every disciple that Jesus encountered, he saw them at their job, at their work, at, their, at their, their skill. But he said, leave what you're doing and come and follow me. And they did. They trusted his word. There was something about him that they trusted. Could you do that today? It's not about making a dog and pony show out of our giving. Matter of fact, there's another story in Acts where a couple sold their property, but instead of being honest... They tried to look good in their giving, and good and God struck them dead in their tracks. Ananias and Sapphira is the story that's in Acts. The Bible actually says not to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing when it comes to giving, meaning that we're not to make a spectacle of our giving, but to give with a humble heart pursuing the heart of God. I want to challenge you to live foolishly for God. Live in such a way that the other side shakes their head in awe at your life and your lifestyle. Give of yourself, trusting God, allowing His Spirit to lead you as you give everything to Him. A follower of Christ is one who trusts God enough to give away everything. I want to encourage you today. I know that, that right at the very start of this, I, I started off by the fact that you could support this ministry. You know, it, it, it's not just financially. I work with a lot of ministries. Um, Peterson Outdoors Ministries out of Joplin area. Um, we have Lodge of Hope. It's, it's just this beautiful facility where we minister to these wounded warriors and we have these events that we bring these families in and we minister to them. Uh, Peterson Outdoors has one of the most unique volunteer bases I've ever seen in my life. These people give and give and give and give of their time and their, their talents. They, they work so hard. Matter of fact, there's a group of them up there right now this weekend working so hard to prepare the lodge for a grand opening that's coming up on, on August 18th. And, and it's, it's, it's something that's more so than just money. Obviously, these people give a lot of their money. Um, this is like an hour north of Joplin, so they've got their fuel involved in going up there. Many of them spend their own money on little trinketries or cleaning supplies or whatever's needed to, to, to get the job done. I know that there's several of the guys take their own tractors up there and mow. Um, you know, those, those are things the ministry might help them put their gas back in, but, but it's still wear and tear on their equipment. It's still, it's still their time. They're giving of their time. And yet these people still turn right around and give money to that organization because they believe in what it's doing. There's a key ingredient to that. Invest in something that you believe in. Don't just invest in something that sounds good. Uh, don't just give to an organization because, oh, hey, you know, they're working with veterans. Give to an organization because you see the fruit of their labor. Give to an organization that you believe is doing something profitable. 
Uh, we've began with the, this reboot recovery in the first line. Um, these are these are organizations that are that are pouring into our veterans with PTSD. Not just veterans, but our first responders, our law enforcement. You know, these guys that have that have served and have sacrificed, and now they're paying a price for that. You know, we believe in ministering to those guys to the best of our ability. So I, I'm, I encourage you get involved. Get involved in a solid ministry. Uh, get your life right. That that's key number one. Get your heart right with God. So that everything that you do benefits the kingdom of God. Amen. God bless you guys. Again, check out the website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. Um, there's multiple ways you can give. You can actually click the button on our Living Loud Outdoors page right here. It'll take you to right straight to our website. Uh, I encourage you to get involved with the ministry. If it's not this one, check out petersonoutdoors.com. Um, it's, uh, actually, it's petersonoutdoors.org. Um, you'll see the Lodge of Hope. You'll see all the great things that we're doing with that ministry. I serve on their board. I'm, I'm actually the board chaplain. Um, been serving with Peterson Outdoors now for um, our family's been there for almost nine years now, so or at least nine years. So I encourage you find something that you can believe in. Your local church, invest in it. Invest in the missions that your local church is doing. Encourage if your church doesn't do missions, encourage them to begin. Because taking care of missions is where life begins. That's exactly what Jesus was doing. He was on a mission. He was on a mission to seek out that's what was lost so that it may be found. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. I'll look forward to seeing you next week with week eight. Thank you.